Hi, and welcome to the Bluff Church Podcast. Each week we bring you the Sunday message from the Bluff Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you like our podcast, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment and leave a review on your favorite listening platforms on iTunes or Google Play. Your review helps other listeners find our podcast. For more information about the Bluff, we invite you to visit our website at thebluff.church or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for the Bluff Church. If you live in the Poplar Bluff area, we invite you to come be a part of the Bluff on any Sunday at 1027 a.m. in the ballroom of the Holiday Inn. Now here's this week's message. Good morning! Woo! Did everyone wake up early for the Easter Bunny? <laughs> the Easter Bunny didn't show up? Oh man, you know, it is fun to celebrate holidays when you have kids in the house. I want to ask every man in here, I want to challenge you, if you're the head of the household or, or if you're a single mom, if you, if, you, if you have some leadership in your home, today would you not only spend time talking about bunnies and eggs, but would you at some point today tell your children what we celebrate on Easter? Even if it's just over lunchtime while you're sitting with your kids before you pray, why don't you let them know what you believe about Jesus Christ, that Jesus died for your sins and was resurrected. Could you do that today? Let's take hold of our holidays and let's make them all about Jesus Christ. And let's pass faith from one generation to the next. And you can't pass that faith by bringing them to hear a stranger tell them about theirs. You need to tell them what you believe about Jesus Christ. So do that sometime today. Tuck them in tonight and say, I want you to know, I believe in Jesus Christ and I celebrate the risen Lord. I'm excited today. We started a sermon series a few weeks ago called Who's Really on Trial Here? When Jesus was arrested, before he rose again, he was taken around and he was judged in different courts. And the main person he was brought to is the guy we're going to talk about today, Pontius Pilate. I look at Pilate and I look at that trial between Pilate and Jesus and I'm confused. I don't know who really is in charge. I look at their interaction and I go, who has authority here? Who, who's the guy that had all the power? I'm confused. It's, it's kind of silly where, where I look and I go, Pilate doesn't act like Pilate at all. Granted, we don't know a lot about Pilate in history. Outside of Scripture, all we have are a handful of coins that he minted his face and inscription. We have a stone tablet with his name and his title, the prefect. He's the ruling governor in Judea. There's a signet ring we have. That's kind of cool. But it says for Pilate. So they don't think that he wore it. They think maybe someone, one of his servants wore it and sealed things that were for Pilate. And then all we have left outside of Scripture is a few historians that tell us a few stories about his life. 
Not a lot of stories. But, but they tell us a few stories and a few, a few descriptions of his character. And everything we read outside of Scripture, that all makes sense to me. There's one story told about Pilate where, where Pilate first entered his position, came in and went, no, nah, forget these Jews. They don't want us to bring our images, our Roman images into their city. Nuh-uh, no. We are in charge now. So unlike the last Roman governor, Pilate comes in and he puts images up on his palace outside, right above the temple. Just let him complain. He, he pushes buttons. That makes sense to me. Why would a Roman governor care about the Jews? What does he care? The Roman governors are the ones who select who the high priest is. And they can strip that title away. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's the Roman governor that does that. I don't like what the high priest is saying. Fine, you're not the high priest anymore. I'll come over here and give it to this guy. That's the Roman governor. He's in charge. He's powerful. He's ruthless. There's a story about a protest where Jews come out and they protest, they protest the images. So you know how Pilate deals with it? Like a Roman governor would. It makes sense to me. Not to make sense that this is the right way to handle it. It makes sense that this is the right way he would handle it. He tells some of his soldiers to disguise themselves in civilian clothing. He sends them out into the protest. He comes out and addresses and says, everyone needs to go home. Okay, that was your warning. And he goes inside while his soldiers pull out clubs and beat the protesters to death. This is a ruthless man. The descriptions of Pilate, when you look in history, these historians, they didn't tell us a lot about him, but their descriptions were terrible. He was a ruthless, horrible man. He executed people without trial. That's what's written about him in history. That's what he's known for. And he was known for taking bribes. He didn't care about justice. No, I care about my pocket. You want to be free? What do you have for me? That's Pilate. So when I look at the biblical account, I'm, I'm a little confused. Look at this with me and see if you're confused too. Verse 8, John chapter 19. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. Pilate's afraid? He went back inside the palace. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me, Pilate said? Don't you realize I have the power to either free you or crucify you? And Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, if you let this man go, you're no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. And finally, verse 16. Finally, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. 
I'm confused when I read the biblical account. I'm confused because you have these two men, Jesus and Pilate, and, and I thought Pilate was the one who's supposed to be in charge. He's the guy with all the cards. He's the one with all the authority. And yet he's scared. He's scared and nervous and, and insecure. He's trying to figure out how to navigate. What else is going on here? I uh, do not speed, but I sped a few months ago. I don't speed, and I don't, I don't think anyone should, but I was caught speeding on Sunday morning on the way to the Bluff Church. <laughs> I blew it. I was not paying attention. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I'm probably going over my sermon in my head. And I was just cruising. I got pulled over. I'm like, ah, what in the world? Kids, this is not good. I've got a 15-year-old in the car. I don't want her to think I speed, okay? I, I, don't, I don't say it's good to speed, but I got caught. A couple months ago, I ended up going to court. Went into this courtroom. I looked around at all the people. Do you ever like watching people? Just staring at people? I go around, go to a store, just sit down and watch them all. I go Walmart. There's some crazy people at Walmart, you know. I just go there, sit, sit around, just look at people. Go to a courtroom sometime. It's fun. Take, take some popcorn. Just sit down, watch everyone. Everyone in the whole room is scared to death. They're scared. Look over, there's a teenage girl crying. <laughs> her father's trying to console her. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Look over here, there's some guy. He's really dirty. He seems calm, and then I look down, his leg's going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, he's scared. What's, what's going to happen? All the, everyone in the courtroom's scared because this is going to be their life. That, they're scared right now. Do you, and then the, the, all the officers, they're alert. They're looking around. They're, they're in charge. You know, they want to make sure nothing happens here. And then that judge just comes in. Do, do, do. Hey, guys. He just sits down. Um, everyone's getting so much tension in the room, and the judge doesn't care. He's like, hmm. And he starts barking orders around. Hey, what do you do this? Do you take that? Who's this person? Come up here. But why do you say that? I mean, he's just barking orders. He's in charge. That's what I expect. And yet Pilate's scared for some reason. And I've read chapter 18 and 19 hundreds of times. And I know it's popular to, to stand up and to say on Easter, well, he was scared because he was afraid they were going to riot. Thinking. I don't know. Was he? Is that what he was scared for? Oh, no. These Jews. All I have is a thousand Romans behind me with swords. What am I going to do? They might riot against me. Was he really scared that, that the high priest was going to go tattle on him if he made the decision he didn't want? Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't go tell Caesar that I did it. I don't know. I don't think that's why he was scared. I think it was something else. I think he was in the presence of Jesus. And he went, this guy's different. 
I think he had heard stories about Jesus. I think being the ruling governor in Judea, where people are talking about a guy that can walk on water and feed thousands of people with just a little bit of food, I, I think this news spread, and I bet Pilate's heard about this guy already. That's what I think. And I think he's standing before a guy that's just the opposite of him, that's very courageous. Do you know what the first words Jesus had to Pilate were? First thing he says, Pilate brings him in and says, are you a king? And Jesus' first words are, Is that your idea? Or did someone else tell you that? Is he being smart aleck? What, what in the world? That, those are your first words? You're standing before the guy that can crucify you or not, and Jesus' first words are, well, is that your idea? Yeah. Or, someone else, or are they talking about that? What, what, what's going on here? And Jesus lays into him. He's like, you would have no authority but weren't given to you from above. Who are you? Yeah, you're, you're nothing. Jesus has all this courage. And Pilate, who's this man who's supposed to have all this authority at his disposal, when he hears that Jesus is not only a king, but now they're accusing him of being the son of God, he becomes even more afraid. Who is this guy? His wife sends him a message during the trial have nothing to do with this man. I'm having dreams about him, and it's bothering me. And Pilate's like, I don't want anything to do with this guy. That's the irony. That's the beauty of this passage, is here you have two men that are supposed to have authority, and Pilate has none, and Jesus has all of it, even in, even in the midst of this trial. And I have a message for you. If you are afraid, if you are scared because you don't know how you're going to make your next bill, if you're afraid because you know that you have a doctor's appointment and you don't know what news is going to, you're going to receive, if you're scared because you don't know what's going to happen to your kids, or, or, or you have some fear in your life, whether it's at work or home or wherever, if fear plagues your life, then know the one who is confident. Know the one who is, who is mighty. Here you have two men, one that's scared, and our Lord Jesus Christ who is not. If fear comes into your life, look up to Jesus Christ because he is one who stands before his accusers and stands before his judge, and he still is brave. He's so courageous. When you're scared, know that Jesus is courageous. Now, not only, not only is Pilate scared, but there's something else that's going on here, and the irony, there's a lot of irony here. I spent week, uh, all week last week trying to figure out what's the right word, and I finally conclude, I think the right word is indecisive. Isn't that funny? <laughs> 
I kept going, wait, what word should I use here? What, how am I describing it? I don't know. It's like, what is Pilate? It's like he's hesitant. Is he indecisive? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to friends about it. Do you think this is the right word to describe what I'm trying to say here? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And, and then I finally, after I finally go, I think I'll, I'll just use the word indecisive. Oh, <laughs> Let me at least tell you what I mean by this. Pilate keeps trying to take a step, and then he takes a step back. It's like he can't decide where he's going with this whole case. It's like he's hesitant and indecisive. In chapter 18, the high priest, they bring Jesus to Pilate. And Pilate says, I don't want this case. You try him. And they said, no, we want him dead. You've got to do it. Oh. Okay, fine. I'll bring him in. Okay, who are you? Are you a king? No, no, no. I stand on the side of truth. Truth? Oh, I don't want anything to do with this guy. Uh, what should I do? Um, I know. I'll send him to Herod. He's a Galilean. Hey, go to Herod. Herod makes fun of him, sends him right back to Pilate. Man, I can't get rid of this guy. Oh. Okay, okay. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put two men in front of you. It's the Passover. We're going to celebrate it by releasing one of them. I'm going to take a real bad guy, someone who's caused trouble, Barabbas. And I'm going to take this Jesus who you say is a king of the Jews. And you can release one of them. Which one do you want? Give us Barabbas. Oh, man, you want Barabbas? Ah, what do I do? What do I do? You just said what to do. You kill him now. What's your problem? You're a Roman governor. Why, why all this hesitation? Why all this back and forth? No, I can't do that. What am I going to do? I know. I'll torture him. I'll flog him. And I'll, I'll make him look so beat up that everyone's going to have pity on him. He has him flogged and crowned. And they bring him out. And they said, here's the man. And everyone says, crucify him. No. Ah, uh, why? He says he's the son of God. Son of God, this is getting worse. Just kill the guy already. What's your problem, Pilate? What's his problem? Why is he so hesitant? You see that? He brings him back in. He questions him more. You wouldn't have any authority if it weren't given to you from above. Uh, and he goes out and he keeps trying to free Jesus. Just make a decision already. It's written in the history books. You kill people without trial anyways. You don't like the Jews. And, and I'm confused when I read the story. The only thing I can think of is the fact he's standing next to Jesus and he senses something. And he's going, this, this is rubbing me wrong. I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. And, and these two powerful men get together and one guy is more powerful than the other, and that guy knows it. And Pilate's going, oh, what do I do? What do I do here? And he's hesitant. Jesus, on the other hand, it doesn't seem hesitant at all. He's just spitting it all out. Well, was that your idea, or did someone else say that? <laughs> what kind of answer is that? Yeah, I stand on the side of truth. And you wouldn't have any authority if it wasn't for me. In fact, I'm intentional. I knew I was going to die weeks ago, months ago, years ago. I've been preaching it. 
I'm on my way. I'm a focused man. I'm not hesitant. I'm not indecisive. I'm going to go. I'm going to stand before you. You're going to kill me. And I'm going to say, it's finished. And I'm going to raise again. There's no, there's no hesitation. It's a man of power versus a man who has no power. And I've got a message for you. Are you indecisive? Are you struggling deciding what to do with your life? Are you trying to decide who you should be with or what decision you ought to make and and you're weighing it over for weeks and months and you're trying to figure things out and you can't because, because you don't know what you should do? Then look up to the one who is confident. Look up to the one who is Jesus Christ who has no hesitation. Look to the one who can give you a power and authority. If you find yourself today indecisive, then go to the one who can make the decision and always knows what's best. Get on your knees and ask him what to do and quit trying to handle it on your own. Remember the Easter story and remember just how powerful of a resource you have right in your back pocket. Pull it out when you don't know what to do. I look at the story of Pilate, and I'm confused. I don't know why he lost. Why'd Pilate lose? Why is Pilate powerless? He tries and tries and tries and tries, and finally, he gives up. He can't can't save Jesus. He's only the judge. He can't figure it out. And he he takes his hands and he washes them. He tries to to wash himself of the situation and he says, I'm innocent of this man's blood. Let his blood be on your heads. And the people said, yes, let his blood be on our heads and on the heads of our children. Boy, they were really bloodthirsty. And Pilate's like, I don't have anything to do with it. I'm done. I'm done with this. And he has Jesus executed. They parade him through town. They put him on a cross and they put a sign over his head that says, King of the Jews. And the Jews come and complain to him. They said, don't put King of the Jews. Put that he claimed to be King of the Jews. And the Roman governor spoke like a Roman governor would. What I've written, I've written. I don't care what you want. I'm not going to change the sign for you. That's the charge. That makes sense. Why did he lose the Jesus fight? Why did Jesus die? I think it has something to do with Jesus seemingly coming before him, not saying, let me go. Coming before him going, hey, my kingdom... If I wanted to, my kingdom could free me from this right now. It's like Pilate's here. He, it's like he sees something else unraveling, and he can't grab it. He can't figure out how to fix it. And he's powerless, and he loses. And he hands Jesus over to a mob to kill him. And I want you to know, if you are weak and powerless... 
If you don't have the strength within you to overcome that which opposes you, then I want you to have confidence today that you can go to Jesus Christ, one who gives strength and gives power. Jesus is the exact opposite of Pilate in every way. They arrest him, he keeps going. They spit on him, he's still in charge. They mock him, they ridicule him, they beat him, they torture him. He's still standing tall. He stands before Pilate with his back ripped to shreds after being flogged, a crown of thorns that had been beaten into his skull with a staff. And he looks at Pilate and says, you'd have no authority if it wasn't given to you from above. He, he's still going. He, they, they, they take him out and he hears people curse him. They punch him in the face. They spit on him. They parade him all the way to Golgotha. They strip him naked. They crucified him on the cross. They, they stab him with a spear. They kill him, and he's still going. He's still going. You can't stop him. Resurrection comes. He walks out of the tomb. He's alive. Do you honestly believe there is a problem in your life Jesus would be incapable of solving? Then why, why handle it by yourself? Why hold on to your problems and your, your weaknesses? And why continue living in fear and indecision? Why not turn to the one who has looked death in the face and conquered it? It's one thing to beat up Mike Tyson. It's one thing to beat up Chuck Norris. It's another thing to go to death and to beat it up. How in the world did he walk out of that tomb? We say Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe he's the Son of God? When we call him the Son of God, we're not talking about Christmas. We are talking about Easter. We are talking about a time when our Heavenly Father gave His Son life. He gave His Son life from the grave. And I tell you, this is what we celebrate today. The fact that Jesus Christ is the resurrected Son of God. Alive and still powerful. And today, He stands before you as a mighty Mighty ruler, the one with ultimate authority, the one who can tell any problem or any person what to do and it must be done. He's the Almighty. If you today are hungry, He is the bread of life. If you are thirsty, He is living water. If you're lost, he's the savior of the world. You don't need religion. You need the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end 
the first and the last, the one who died and rose again. He is the Lamb of God, and he is here on his throne today, empowered with all of his majesty, ready to call you his brother and his sister. He's ready to accept you into his family. Do not go through this life without the mighty power of Jesus Christ in your heart, in your mind, in your feet, and in your hands. Living for him is living in power. I look at the story of Pilate and Jesus, and what I, my takeaway is I am blown away at the beautiful irony that here is this mighty man who has it all figured out, who, who has it all, and here comes Jesus. And when Jesus comes in, all of a sudden, we see who's really in charge. You are not as in control of your life as you think, but there is one who can take control of it. And today, on this Easter day, I ask you to consider giving him control, releasing your weaknesses, your frailties, your indecisiveness, your sins, and to lay it all at his feet and to say, Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. Take over my life. Make sense of it. Lead me and guide me today. Let's pray. Lord, what what a wonderful example of your greatness. Thank you so much for your courage and strength to stand before the ruling Roman governor and to speak the truth that you stand for. You are on the side of truth. You are the almighty one. And Lord, today I want to just praise you for the fact that there was no conviction, no, no death sentence that could keep you down. You rose again. You are victorious and you stand in might. Lord, today as we, as we celebrate you this Easter morning, I know that there might be some here who are struggling in their life. And I pray that as I was speaking, I pray that even now, pray that there would be someone in here who would turn to you and hand their problems over to you. Lord, teach us what it means to be a follower of the great king. You are king of the Jews. You are the son of God. And you are the one with great authority. I love you, Lord. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Anytime someone comes to Christ, it is an exciting day. There's some days that it's just really appropriate, though, and that would be on Easter. If you've been considering becoming a Christian, if you know you need to come to Jesus Christ and to say, Lord, I need to give it all to you, I want to ask you to make that decision this morning you don't have to come and stand in front of everyone you can go in the back and we have elders in the back men that are ready to be with you to pray with you to talk with you I want to ask you to take 
one little step of courage. If Jesus Christ can stare down a cross, surely you can have the courage to take a step towards him. I'm going to ask you to to stand in a moment, and I just want to ask you to turn and to walk in the back to talk to one of our leaders. And if this morning, if you need prayer, if you're already a, a baptized believer in Christ and you are following him, but but there's fear and there's anxiety and, and it's not your tendency to turn to this mighty Lord, but you know you need to and you need to give him some problems that are in your life. I'm gonna ask you to come up and to talk to me this morning and I'll be right here. I'd love to pray with you. You can also just come if you wanna just come and kneel and just spend time in prayer to God. And let's use this Easter to worship him. Let's all stand together right now.